Good morning. Good to see everybody. How's everyone doing? Pretty good hair. Uh, how's my haircut look? Look pretty good? Good, good. Thank you. That's all the time I had to fill. Hope you guys have a great day. Uh, uh, it's great to be here. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Rob, and uh, I'm going to be continuing our, ser- our series. Uh, we've been telling stories, Bible stories, and going into them a little bit. And the people on our teaching team, these stories have had, you know, an impact in our lives. And I'm sure you have that too. And so, do you have that picture of me? I did it yesterday. There it is. That was just a few years back. And I actually, that was not staged. I actually got air off the ground and held a broom uh, in my, uh, in that position right there. That's pretty exciting. It was actually, you remember when they were having that thing on Facebook? where it said the broom was standing up on its... Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And it was the day they thought there was this electricity in the air or whatever. And so I said, man, check out my broom. It actually drove me down to the gas station to get a Mountain Dew, and I just flew down there, (laughs) went down there. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to be talking today about something I think is is significant for us right now, and it's about rest. It's about rest. And I just couldn't get this out of my heart and my mind, and I thought, man, I better, I want to share a few thoughts, so I hope it's encouraging for you. Um, I'm going to actually be resting this week a little differently. I'm actually having knee surgery on my right knee on Thursday, so if you think of me, Burris, thank you for your encouragement. Um, I'm going to actually have surgery, but people have have been limping around, you know, it's bone on bone, it's all this stuff, and they go, man, what happened? Did it just, was it over time? I said, some of it was over time, but about five years ago, I literally grabbed one of my kids' scooters because it was raining, and I'm going down the driveway, and the scooter stopped, and I kept going. I hit this grate, and I literally landed on this right knee, and it kind of blew the meniscus apart and all that. So anyway, if you think of me Thursday, I'll be having a little orthoscopic surgery, and uh, you can come see me at the hospital if you like, bring flowers, food, whatever you want. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. Uh, Which hospital? What? I'm not sure. I don't know. They're going to let me know on Wednesday. They're going to let me know on Wednesday. They keep that stuff all secret, man. They don't tell anybody. That's right. I'm not really in a hospital. It's like a little... A few hours. I'm making it really dramatic, man. It's going to be real intense. Real intense. Um, but uh, this is a story. Uh, I'm going to read a story here shortly about rest, but it's, it's, this is a funny story that happened years ago. My Anybody else like to take naps? Oh, now when we're little, we don't, we, we, we try to avoid naps. We hate naps. You know, my little kids will say, no, when they were little, I don't want a nap. Now I crave naps. If I could get a nap at any time of the day, I would take a nap. And uh, so my dad was sleeping in the basement. We lived in Pennsylvania and the basement was dark and he'd always go down there on a Saturday and, and take a nap. But when my dad took a nap, you guys maybe have seen this. He would breathe through his nose. He'd go, and then out through his mouth. So, so I'm about eight years old, and I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I pinch his nose. So I literally snuck up. He's just, just laying there. And I do this, and he goes, like that. And he woke up, and he got very angry at me. That's not a good way to rest, okay? That's the whole point of that story. Don't rest that way. 
I want to start in, uh, I'm going to read this. Man, see that thing always starts rubbing on my beard. Sorry about that. I'm going to read you a story in Exodus, and it's in my notes. You can look at the notes in uh, version. And this is Exodus chapter 33. And uh, this is a story uh, that I had read many times, and I just kind of breezed past the the little gem that I want to share with you about what the Lord spoke to Moses. Now, the context of this is important to understand. Uh, They had been, the people of Israel, Moses brought them out, and uh, they had continually disobeyed the Lord. They continually uh, were not, check, check, sorry. Man, why does that do that to me every time? Sorry, sorry. Uh, They had really been in a place where they were not following what the Lord had. And then they eventually even made the golden calf. And so this is right after they made the golden calf. And I, I truly believe Moses was physically, and, and, and DJ was helping me to, to hone in on this too, but even perhaps even more importantly, emotionally exhausted. Do you guys know what I, I mean by that? When you're emotionally exhausted. And what I want to share with you today, I think, will help us to have an understanding of how to get rest in our soul. Jesus said it. The Lord spoke to Moses this way, and he said it to him. What, what's going on with that thing? Is it hitting my shirt? I just have to take my shirt off. Sorry, guys. No. What the crud? Sorry. Can, can you hear it okay? Is it still rubbing on there? Man. Uh, Oh, it did. Oh, see? Man, there it's. Okay. Now we're back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just real life stuff. Just real life stuff. So Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to start in, in, in verse 12. It says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. It's kind of interesting. Moses is putting it back on the way. Remember, these are your people. You're not telling me everything, and I'm stressed, and and I'm bothered. And here's what the Lord says. Remember, he could have said anything, but he says this, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Isn't that a beautiful picture? I I really believe that, and we even sang several songs about this today, his presence, his presence. And I believe there's, there's a physiological side to exhaustion. I understand that. And we should sleep well, eat well, exercise, all of that. But man, when we are emotionally drained, you need more than that, right? We need more than that. And that's what I want to share with you because I I don't know about you, and I know this has been a crazy year and a half and so many changes in our world and all of that, but I found myself being emotionally exhausted and and I didn't know what to to do about it. And so I want to share with you some of the things that the Lord showed me. My presence will go before you and I will give you rest. To me, that's an answer to what he had just asked the Lord. Show me your way. Now, now think about this. His way, 
isn't to do more. He could have said, man, you need to have a leadership team meeting with your staff, Moses, and learn how to do this better or do that better or really work hard. And he says, no, my presence will go with you and I'm going to give you rest. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a natural experience when we're in his presence to have rest. But it's being in his presence. We, we know it can be there, but we've got to be able to stop long enough to recognize it, right? We have to stop. And, and I think the Lord gives us a pattern of this all the way back in Genesis, which I'll get to in a moment. But my first point here is this. His presence gives us rest. We can literally set our mind on being with him and stop what we're doing. And this is hard nowadays. We don't stop very much. We fill up our schedule with a lot to do, don't, don't we? To-do lists. And, there's, and there's, that's very necessary. But in order to find this kind of rest, we have to stop. You have to stop. And you have to get honest. And you have to be able to look and go, what's really going on in here? And this is an unseen realm that I'm describing here. Now, Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians. He says something very profound in 2 Corinthians. It's not in your notes, but I just wanted to share this with you. In chapter 4, he's at the end of chapter 4 in verse 17 and 18 in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, for momentary light affliction, we are going through these things, but we're looking at, and I'm paraphrasing, not what is seen, but we're looking at the unseen. Because the seen, what we see is temporal, but what we don't see is eternal. So there's, there's a separation here. If I were to draw a line... Above that line is the eternal realm, right? That's an easy way to picture it. It's the unseen. It is, another way to say it is like, I, it's the I am place where God is always. It's now. Underneath that line is the temporal. It's the seen realm. It is, and I like to say it this way, I am becoming who I already am in the eternal and when, when I and you, you and I can see that, when we just stop enough to go, I want to focus on the unseen realm here, and we begin to see what God wants to show us in the eternal realm, which takes time to do, you rest. You see things you would have never seen before. You see patterns of life. You see things that are more important. You see who you really are in Christ, you start to understand some of these things that are not seen. And I really believe that's what Paul was saying. Because I thought about that. Man, what, how do you see something that you can't see? <laughs> do you need special night vision or something? You know? No, it's, he's saying a very profound thing. There's an eternal realm, and they're both very important, but the eternal holds a higher significance in many ways. It's really what's reality. So anytime you start to get down on yourself, just remind yourself, I am becoming what I already am in the eternal realm. And if I quiet myself enough to hear the Lord in this, he'll show me those things. He'll reveal them to me and to you. And that brings us rest. So his presence gives us rest. We can literally focus and set our minds on the unseen realm. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, uh, he, the Lord lays out a pattern here that I think is very important. And it's about rest, and it's probably very familiar to, to you. So I'm going to start in verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, 
and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done. So it's, it's a, he's saying the same thing several times. He rested. Now the picture here in Hebrew, if you look at the wording of it, is literally he stopped. He kneeled in adoration at what he had done. And then he took a step back and rested from all of that. That, I think, is a key for us to rest. We, we, it's hard in our life to stop, to kneel in adoration of what we've, what we've done. There's a pattern here. And look at what, what God's given us or what we've been able to do this week. And even in hard times, I know, talking with some of you, there's just been difficult things. Death in the family, uh, physical things, problems. All of that doesn't just go away. I, I understand. But if we can stop, follow this pattern, kneel in adoration, and begin to thank God, he's giving us this pattern of rest right here. DJ helped me to see this too. If you go into chapter one, God lays out from the beginning a pattern of rest. You know what it says there? It says there is evening and what? Morning one day. Why wouldn't it say there was morning and there's evening one day. Isn't that our pattern? And I was talking to DJ about this and Dan, and they were helping me to see. Part of this is because in the Jewish culture, and I didn't know this. This is amazing. For them, their day begins at night, literally. They stop, they rest, they recline, they eat food, they celebrate life, and then they go to bed. Then they wake up rested for the day. See the difference? It's already there. But we, we in our Western culture and around the world, we, we get it backwards. We almost worship work in a way. Uh, I talk with a lot of people that are high executive people that have had stressful jobs. And uh, man, it's, it's, it's almost a competition. You work 70 hours? I, I worked 80. I worked 90 man, just keep cranking it out. And God from the beginning said, no, no, I'm honoring. He honors work. I'm not saying don't work. But before that, more important is rest. Then we can work when we see things in the unseen realm. And it takes, it takes a step back, man. It takes, it takes slowing down. And, you know, I talked with a friend of mine one time. I said, man, what, what, when you really spend time with the Lord, what happened? He goes, man, I, it's hard for me to slow down because I don't know if I want to hear what the Lord might want to say to me. I'm, I'm almost afraid that it could be bad. You know, uh, he's going to correct me. He's going to do this. That's not the picture here, guys. It's a picture of his presence. And he's setting the pattern. He's teaching us to see it. And that's exactly what he says to Moses. My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. And then what happens after that is Moses says, now show me your ways and then show me your glory. And you remember this? And then the Lord said, he passes by him and he puts him on a rock and he begins, he sees and experiences the presence of the Lord. True rest, true rest. Now, Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus picks up the same theme 
in many different ways, but in particularly this little story is when he's talking to his friends, and it's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and it says this, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Same language, same kind of thing. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Not just the physical soul, which is commonly referred to as our mind, our will, our emotions, the personality part of us. That rest is really possible when we make this exchange to the Lord. It's not trying harder. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When he says, take my yoke upon you, what he's referring to here is in those days, rabbis, teachers, would, if, if you would take their yoke, that meant you took on their teaching and you took on their lifestyle. That's what he's referring to here. And many of those people were doing things that were burdening the people. And most of it was religious entanglement and burdens of religious things, legalistic things. So Jesus, knowing this, is saying, you're working, come to me, take my yoke and learn. My way is this, I'm gentle and lowly of heart. And when I can see that and spend time looking at how that part, that aspect of the Lord, I find true rest. We find true rest for our souls. That's what he's referring to. They were burdened with religious tasks and entanglement, and that's not Jesus' way. That's not his way. People wanted it to be that way, but it, he was exactly the opposite. Jesus would spend time with the people no one else wanted to. He would heal people that no one else wanted to touch. He hung out with drunkards and prostitutes, the lowly, and he that's love. And then that's just pure love. And he's saying that to us. Rest. I know you need rest. I know you do. And I'm going to touch you. You don't have to try anything. You don't have to work at it. Just quiet yourself and stop long enough to let me speak. That's tuning in. I said this yesterday. This is an example of tuning in. Do you guys uh, ever hear the, the radio station K-Love? You familiar with that? Do you think it's playing right now? It's probably going all over Denver, right? I don't hear a thing. I don't hear one thing. How am I going to hear Caleb? Tune in. I got I to gotta quiet myself and tune in and get past 97.3, which I normally listen to, and go to 91.1. And then I hear Caleb. It's the same thing, tuning in, but we are busy right? We're busy people. We have a lot to do and there's nothing wrong with that. But what's more important is this rest for our souls. I, I, I know it is. Do you guys know that? I, I really believe it. And we don't know how to do this very well. Uh, we, we look at the urgent and we get caught up in urgent things and we, we don't look at the important things. You know, this isn't in your notes either. I'm just thinking of this now and I just, maybe somebody needs to hear this. You know, there, here's a good example of what's important. You know, Jesus, there's a story where he's with his disciples and they hear 
uh, that Lazarus, his friend, is really sick. Do you remember that story? Come and heal him. Do you remember what Jesus did? He stayed an extra two days. Now, what do you think they were thinking? Man, Jesus, you could have come and healed him. He stays two extra days. He gets there. They're all mourning and crying. It's that famous scripture where he's looking around and it says, Jesus wept. And then what did he do? He raised Lazarus from the dead. And it, that was more important to bring glory to God. People didn't see that. But because Jesus spent time with his, Lord, with his father, which is the pattern he shows us, he would go away and quiet himself, detach, bow in gratitude, and hear and listen. So he knew what was important. It was much more important to heal or to raise Lazarus from the dead than to heal him from that sickness because it brought more glory to the Lord, and people were changed by that. But the world around him didn't see it that way. They wanted him to come away. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? There's urgent things in your lives. And some of this we have to learn to say no to, to create more margin and more, more rest for our soul. Because, man, we are busy people. We are busy people. And, and one of the things, there's a famous book. It's called Tyranny. No, no, what was it? Freedom from Tyranny of the Urgent. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And in that book, he talks a lot about what we're talking about, how to identify what's important versus urgent, because urgent things will really overtake us. And there's a famous story. I may have shared this before, but it's really true. There was a guy, I think his name was Ivy Lee, and he was a famous planner. And he actually was responsible for helping to plan the Alaska pipeline. So he's a genius planner, just amazing. And there was this one guy that was a very wealthy, I think he was some industrialist dude that had a business and was really, really overwhelmed. And he knew about Ivy Lee. And he said, man, if you can show me one thing I can do in my life that will change where I'm going because I'm confused and busy and overwhelmed, I'll pay you whatever it's worth. And Ivy Lee said this. Take out a piece of paper, write number one, two, three, four, five, six, not 30. I usually have 20 to 30 things on my to-do list. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Write six. I actually change it to seven because I think seven's a holier number. <laughs> I don't know. Six is like the number of man, isn't it? Or something? Whatever you do, six, seven. And then he said this. Put them in priority. What's the most important? You got to think. What's more important here? And then he said... Do not go to number two until you finish number one. That's simple. And don't go to number three until you finish number two. And at the end of the day, if you only finish the one, that's fine. Take another sheet of paper out and start over for the next day. This guy did that. It changed him so much, he wrote him a check for $25,000. And this was in the 1920s when this happened. Today, that would be worth a lot more, I guess. How much, how much would that be worth? A quarter of a million, maybe? I don't know. It changed his life. It simplified things. So I don't know why I shared that. It's not in my notes, but I just thought that's a practical way to, to minimize some of the stress because we get caught up in urgent things. And Jesus wants to show us, if you're laboring and you're weary, weary and you're tired, come to me and I'm going to give you rest. And then you start to hear things like this. What's important? Not 30 things on my list, man. I barely get to number seven, and I'm, I'm already spinning around, and then I need a nap, you know? You, got, you know, I take a nap in the middle of the day. His way 
Jesus' way, just like his father. I am gentle and lowly of heart. I'm humble, and I'm going to give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke. Take my lifestyle, which is different than the world around you. And that challenges us, man, because the world around us is production, harder, work harder. To say no to some of that is very difficult. So my second point is this, rest is received by faith. My first point is presence gives us rest. Second point, rest is received by faith. We can choose to believe and set our mind on what God says when we're weary and stressed. We have way too many burdens and we can exchange. We can exchange them. You know, there's a scripture in uh, Isaiah chapter 40 at the end. It's an amazing uh, set of uh, verses. And it's the one where it says, uh, well, I'm just going to read it to you. It's not in my notes either, but uh, I think this is important because this exchange that I'm referring to is exactly the language that this says. It says this in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. One of the transliterations of that word renew is exchange. It's an exchange. That's where I think we find rest. We can exchange the burdens. And I'm going to pray at the end and have a little exercise where I believe we can walk through a simple little exercise where we can exchange and feel the presence of the Lord bring rest to your soul. And if, and if we can learn that pattern, oh, we're, we can do so much. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. For so many years, I, I was trying so hard in my own strength to do it, and I didn't understand this exchange. It's kind of like having an ever-ready AA battery on your back compared to a nuclear power plant. <laughs> Big difference, you know? And you find, even the ever-ready ever little bunny can keep going, but he's going to die eventually. He's not going to, you hook up to a nuclear power plant, man, you got eternal power. See, part of the, the rest here, and I'm going to get into this in a moment, I, I, but I think it's important. The rest that God is pointing to in, in what I just read in Genesis and in Exodus is more of an eternal rest. It's about what Christ has done. It was a foreshadow. See, what's uh, concealed many times in the Old Testament is revealed in the New. And there are seeds that God plants in the book of Genesis that find fruition in Revelation. You'll see it, the fruit of it. And it's really powerful. So he's giving us, I believe, a picture of this eternal rest because it's in the finished work of Jesus that we are truly able to rest from our work. I think that's why God was so angry. He knew if you continue to do your own work, you're gonna miss the eternal rest that I have for you. And I think he... He says that over and over again. And this is one of my favorite scriptures in Isaiah talking about this exchange. Picking it up in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, this whole 
chapter there, it's part of three and four, it talks about what they were going through in the wilderness. And I don't have time to go into all that, but the essence of it is really important. So uh, I'm going to pick up in Hebrews chapter four, verses nine through 11. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The Sabbath rest. Now this was set aside. We saw God blessed it in Genesis, made it holy. He sanctified it. He made it a special day. It's a pattern. And there still remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest, think about that. Whoever has entered God's rest, the pattern we see, has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And that's what was going on in, the, in that old covenant, uh, the Old Testament picture. Hebrews 3.11, uh, excuse me, chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. Today, if you hear his voice, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, and that's really a, a sense of being blinded and wanting to do our, our own way. Don't do that. Don't harden. As in the rebellion, that's what they did. They would harden their hearts. On the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test, saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. What God is saying through this, if you look at some of the Greek words here, is he wants us, I truly believe, to be like-minded with him. And when we stop and take a step back, we can be. Paul even says this, we have the mind of Christ when we, when we have put our faith in Christ. So we have it. It's a matter of stopping long enough to recognize it. And we get busy. And we don't. And God knows that. And there's no condemnation in that. It's just, here's the pattern. It's okay. I'm calling you back in to rest. I want you to be like-minded. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19 says, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And I thought about it. What is this unbelief? And I believe it can mean a lot of things, but essentially what I believe he's saying here is not truly believing that he was a God of all abundance for all things. They missed the, the, his ways. And so the, the reflection here in the New Testament is, man, Jesus has paved this way and we have total rest in him. We can cease from our works and enter into his rest. Thank God for what Jesus has done because we're free. We're free. And it's no longer uh, us working. We can rest in the finished work of Jesus because otherwise we can remain dead. You remember how in the Old Testament he said, if they violate the Sabbath, what was the, what was the cost of that? Death. And I'm like, man, that's pretty harsh. That's a reflection. That's concealed in the New Testament. The death just means striving in our own stuff. That's all it means. It doesn't mean you're separated from God. It doesn't mean you're going to hell. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying you're, you can remain dead in your own works if you don't stop and make that exchange. And as regularly as we can. And that's the beauty of it. That's Jesus' heart for us. Psalms 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Cease striving and know that I am God. Now, I want to take a moment and pray. How much time do I have? 
My, the clock didn't go down very much. It's 11.11. This is going to take two hours to do this exercise. So, so uh, mark your calendars. No, this is a short exercise, and I, I was going to ask Dan to come up. He was going to play uh, some music on the piano here to just relax us for a moment. And I'm going to walk you through a simple exercise that I have found to be very helpful. Someone showed me this a number of years ago, and I, I found that it's okay to use our imagination. God's given us an amazing mind. I believe, and you may think I'm crazy, but I believe our mind, it's a finite brain, but it's infinite in creativity and being able to visualize and connect and imagine beautiful things. Think of that. It's amazing. So we're going to use our minds to make this connection. Rest finds form in relationship. That's my last point. And as we focus in here, on this relationship with the Lord. I, I'm praying, man, I just feel, I feel his presence. I know there are some of you that are exhausted right now and worried, caught up in, what does God think about me? Or, man, I did this and I really blew it. He's mad. That's not what this is about. He finds us right in that place He's gentle and lowly of heart, and he speaks. So I want you to find a place with your eyes closed for just a moment that you remember that you connected with the Lord. Even if it was years ago, it doesn't matter. Just find that place. For me, I remember one when I was eight, eight or nine, and there was a lot of chaos in my house, a lot of fighting, a lot of things, and I, I couldn't take it. So I, uh, I would, it's just precious because he was with me, you know. I would go out to my front porch and I'd say, Lord, God, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm too overwhelmed. Just a little boy, you know, my mom and dad divorced and my mom left and and I just felt this bubble of just love, man. I, I can't explain it anymore. It was so love, so much love. And I didn't have to say anything. It's just like the Lord knew everything. And I just sat there. That's the connection. And maybe you haven't had something like that, but think about when you've connected. Maybe you've been riding in a car, listening to worship. Maybe it was here at a service a place where you really connected and think about that for just a moment. And I want you to just, the Lord's with you in that place. And I want you to t think about now whatever's burdening you. There may be one or, one or two things. Maybe there's 20 of them. Maybe it's in your relationship with your spouse or it's a job or finances or so many bad things happening. Maybe you're condemned because you feel like you're being a bad dad. And you're just angry and frustrated and tired. I want you to imagine taking that burden. Maybe it's a little ball. Maybe it's a brick. I don't know what it looks like. And I want you to put it into this bag that you have right next to you. It's, a big, it's like a red bag, like a Christmas bag. And you take it and you begin to put them in there. 
God, this is too much. I'm going to put them in. I'm making this exchange and this time with you, and I'm putting it in this bag. And I want you to see the bag get filled. Some burdens are bigger than others, whatever it is, but fill the bag right now and what's in your heart right now. Just see it get filled. Use your mind's eye to see it. And now I want you to do something very important. I want you to just hand that bag to Jesus and watch what he does with it. He's going to do something special. He's gentle and lowly of heart. The exchange was from the beginning of creation to exchange all that we are struggling with and and walk in this relationship with him. So give him the bag, give him all of it, and watch what he does. Some people have told me when I've walked him through this, he takes it and throws it into the ocean, or he, he just walks away with them, with the person, with his arm around him, and tells him it's going to be okay. Whatever it is, it's for you. It's personal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel maybe someone even in here today, the burden's been so much. And right now in this moment, just even if you're afraid, exchange it. Just give it to him. This is how you can see laying it down, giving it to him. And Lord, we know that you're so good. You want us to rest. You bring rest to our souls. Restore, refresh, renew And we look forward to spending these moments with you again, Lord. Help us to make this a priority in our lives so we can be filled up. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, how'd that feel? It's pretty good, isn't it? Some people have told me that, Man, you can't visualize Jesus. And I, I go, I don't know, go, I don't think I agree with that. God's going to speak to you how he's going to speak to you and show you things that I could never see. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Jesus knows we need rest. Come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, Lord, we ask you to just seal what you've done in our lives today. By the power of your Holy Spirit, make it real and alive. Renew it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. I hope the Lord ministered to your heart. And uh, I encourage you to, you know, look at those scriptures on your own. Maybe the Lord will show you things that I would have never seen. And come tell me, tell somebody else it's life-giving. Jesus loves you more than we know. I hope you have a great day. Uh, We love you. Bye-bye.